everyone. Welcome back to Astro Skeptic, the astrology podcast for skeptics. Let us be your Virgil today as we descend down into the underworld to take talk all things Pluto. But before we go down to the depths, friendly reminder to follow us on the socials at Astro Skeptic Pod and leave us a jolly little review and write in on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Wow, I'm going to speak the rest of this episode in a British accent. Okay, don't make that noise with your hands. Okay. We do not censor this podcast for explicit content or language, so listener discretion is advised. This is fun. Uh, As we wait for the gates of hell to open up, Paige, hey, what's new? What's new, isn't it? (laughs) Okay. Um, I have some news. Not really anything big, but... You know, I've been thinking about what to do now in the future of the pod. Um, I've come up with a few ideas. I won't reveal them, but let's just say my brain's been working. She's keeping it close to the chest, ain't she? I've been thinking. She's a sneaky little snake, ain't she? <laughs> I'm not going to be able to stop. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I, you, girl. Okay, you know what? Let's just, let's just fucking... No. I'm going to say it. Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. <laughs> I didn't say it at the intro, so now she's salty. <laughs> well, it's all part of the vibe. Like, it's clever. Okay? It's not clever. Like you said, it's the inscription on the gates of hell. It's not clever. That's basically Satan what we're talking about. No, I don't think he did. Who did? Some fucking old ass... Whoever wrote that. Probably mm. fucking Dante or some shit. Yeah, I was going to say, don't talk about it. Okay. Dante. Anyway, so in the middle of the journey of our life, I found myself within a dark woods where the straightway was lost. This is how Dante began his notorious dark comedy, and it's also how we will begin our journey today as we ride the elevator down to Satan's dominion. The first level of hell we will pass is that of mythological history, Riva. Give us the lowdown on Pluto in Mesopotamia. Mm, a lot. There's no direct... I'm just kidding. I won't. I won't. I'm stopping right now. But there is no direct equivalent of Pluto in Mesopotamia because, like Uranus and Neptune, he was way too far away to be seen and known by the ancients. But as you will learn shortly, the equivalent of Pluto in Greek mythology is Hades, and Hades does have a Mesopotamian counterpart, so we will tell you about her. Mm-hmm. Girl power. In Mesopotamia, the big bad ruler of the underworld was a lady, the baddest bitch of them all, and rightfully so. Arash <sighs> Kigal? Yep. Her name was Arash Kigal, and she was the goddess of Krungia, <laughs> the Mesopotamian. Krunugia. Krunugia. And she was the goddess of Krunugia, the Mesopotamian underworld. She was responsible for keeping the dead within her realm and preventing the living from entering and learning the truth of the afterlife. Cronugia? Yeah. The Cronugia was commonly described as a vast land of gloom under the earth where the souls of the dead drank from muddy puddles and ate dust. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds fucking cool. Arash Kigal ruled from her palace, Ganzir, located at the entrance to the underworld and secured behind seven gates, which were guarded by her loyal servant, Neti. She had a total of four husbands, the first three perishing, one way or another, in battle. Her fourth and final husband, Nergal, was arguably her most treasured, as he was the only of her consorts, who agreed to reside and co-rule with her in the underworld. Nergal was considered to be the god of inflicted death, plague, and pestilence, so he fit in just fine with her whole vibe. He was a real one. Yeah. Bride or die. In Greek mythology, Pluto was represented by Hades, infamous brother to Zeus and Poseidon. Hades ruled over the underworld and was the certified CEO of death. Hades was by far the most feared of the gods. He was described as pitiless, monstrous, and loathsome. He was a stern god, unmoved by prayer or sacrifice. He truly did not give a fuck about anything. Based, you be the judge. 
Ancient poets portray him as forbidding and aloof, never quite emerging from the shadowy darkness of his realm, not even in the tale of his abduction of Persephone. Hades was held in superstitious awe by the people of Greece, but he was not very prominent in mythology. He was the only god who did not reside at least partially on Mount Olympus. It really seems like Hades just wanted to be left alone. He was not concerned with the problems of the living world, and he didn't want any drama. Even when he abducted his wife, Persephone, who was his niece by his sister Demeter, by the way, he did his best not to cause a scene. He snatched her up when nobody was looking and dipped back into the underworld real quick. <laughs> Eventually, he agreed to let his wife go live with her mother above ground for half the year. My guess is he just wanted to settle the issue so that everyone would stop bothering him. Eventually, Hades' name became synonymous with the name of the underworld itself. Souls upon death were collected and guided to the river Styx by the god Hermes. At the river, they were met and ferried by the boatman Charon to the gates of Hades, which was guarded by Hades' beloved three-headed dog, Kerberos. Here, they received final judgment from the three judges of souls, and their final resting places were determined. Hades did not play any significant role in the actual processing of the souls in the underworld. It seems more like he oversaw everything from a high level, ensuring that everything ran smoothly and minding his own damn business. So I read a smutty like series about Oh my god. I can't even imagine what you're about to Re about. retelling of like Greek mythology and Hades and Persephone was oh, one of them. Oh was it hot? Yeah it was. <laughs> so what do you think would play him in that? Oh my the, god. In the movie adaptation of Wonder I mean, Universe. I'll just say Henry Cavill because I know he's just on the I mean, tip yeah, of all of our tongues. I mean, yeah, he can get dark. He can get he dark, can get like, super dark. In, like in The Witcher. But and I think it could also be like like a Jason Momoa. Like somebody who just is like dark. I think, no, but he's too, he's too over the top. Hades in the book is more like, like his power is in his presence, not in his well, physical I feel like, stature. I feel like um, Jason Momoa was kind of like that in um, Game of Thrones. He just, he really just grunted. Yeah. He didn't say shit. You're right. You're then right. he ripped that dude's throat out. Yeah, you're right. Call Drogo did bring it. He did. But. I see um, what you mean though. More the like books, a dark and mysterious. The books are, the series is called Dark Olympus and it's by Katie Roberts. And I'm not saying it's good, it's but it's real good. So it's so real good. <laughs> Anyway, in Roman mythology, as per usual, Pluto's namesake has a very similar origin story and legacy. Pluto was the lord of death and the ruler of the underworld. He was a figure of enormous dread and just terrible might. He was the commander of subterranean realms, the master of ores, metals, and the precious stones found within them. According to Mythopedia.com, which is a place, guys, the crystallization of Pluto's identity as the Roman god of the dead, the underworld, and wealth reflected a complex historical development. Pluto's identity was largely comprised of elements taken from two distinct entities, Hades, a Greek deity, and Pluton, the lord of wealth. The latter was a dice patter, a deity worshipped by early Romans for his power over the underworld and mineral wealth. In some mythographic and historiographic... <clears throat> In some mythographic and historiographic traditions, the name Dice Pater is used in lieu of the name Pluto. Evidence suggests that Romans use these identifiers interchangeably. End quote. In Rome, Pluto was seldom interested in the plights of man or the other gods. He stayed comfortable in his gloomy dominion with his wife and his three-headed dog monster thing. His wife, Proserpina, was actually the daughter of Ceres and Jupiter instead of Demeter per the Greeks. While Roman traditions insisted that Pluto had children, there was little consensus about who they might have been. The most popular candidates were the goddesses known as Eumenides. Eumenides? Eumenides? Or furries. Just kidding. No. Furies. <laughs> I know. <laughs> furies. Deities of vengeance who lived in the synthonic darkness. I think it's like chthonic. Chthonic. Chronic darkness. Also, it might be Deese Pater. It doesn't matter. You know what, guys? You I get just what don't you want get. somebody to come at me like they did when I was talking about it's Ptolemy. A, it's a D and then an I with a line over it and then an S. 
And to me, anything with like an umlaut looking ass thing over top a letter is going to be German. And that reads dice. Die. These. I just think of die pattern. Like this. Like porcelina. Dice Pluto. <laughs> okay. Um, let's get into astronomology. Boom. Okay. Pluto is a dwarf planet. Located in the Kuiper Belt region of the solar system, which is a donut-shaped region of ice bodies just beyond the orbit of Neptune. Pluto was reclassified in 2006 as a dwarf planet due to its size. It is only 1,400 miles wide, making it smaller than Earth's moon and about half the width of the United States. Wow. Despite his small stature, however, Pluto has a lot going on. Pluto was discovered in 1930 by American astronomer Clyde Tombaugh at the Lowell Observatory in Flagstaff, Arizona. The planet was named by Venetia Burney, an 11-year-old English girl who suggested the name to her grandpa, who then forwarded it on to the Lowell Observatory. That seems fucking Wholesome. rash, right? I don't know. Was, they probably had a contest or something. Yeah. Any, she picked good, though. Did Kudos she? to her. Yeah, I mean, Pluto? It's better than Uranus. Well, I'll give because, it that. Okay. She picked the name because of the Roman deity. It wasn't just like random. Mm. Anyway. Before the 21st century, we knew bupkis about Pluto. Scientists made many hypotheses about what Pluto would be like. But once NASA's New Horizons spacecraft made the first ever flyby on July 14, 2015, every previous assumption about Pluto was thrown out the window. So, scientists aren't always right. Yeah, it's true. Pluto has, on average, an orbital distance from the sun of about 3.6 billion miles. He has blue skies, spinning moons, and mountains as tall as the Rockies. He also has a heart-shaped glacier the size of Texas and Oklahoma called the Tombaugh Riggio. One year on Pluto is about 248 years on Earth, and one day is about six Earth days. He has five moons, all named after mythological icons of Greek and Roman underworlds. His largest moon is Charon. Charon? Charon, Charon. 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 Oh, no. His largest moon is Charon. No! Gross. Who, as you know, was the boatman on the river Styx. His other moons are named Nyx after the goddess of darkness and night, Hydra, after a nine-headed serpent who guards the underworld, Kerberos, Kerberos, after the infamous three-headed dog, and Styx, after the hella good 70s rock band. (laughs) Just kidding, after the river, you know, blah, blah, blah. Pluto cannot currently sustain life as we know it. Its average temperatures are between negative 378 degrees Fahrenheit to negative 396 degrees Fahrenheit. Its atmosphere is made up of molecular nitrogen, methane, and carbon monoxide. So on their website, NASA says that the snow on Pluto is red, which is cool. But I want to know how the fuck they know that. They... Be saying shit on NASA.com. Red snow? That's right. wild. And I want to Iron? Know, like, is it iron in like the water? That no, I think it's just they do some kind of calculation of like, okay, the light spectrum. Mm. And they're like, if humans were here, the snow would look red mm. because of X, Y, and Z. But I'm like, bitch, you thought a lot, a lot of things about all these planets and you were wrong. So you think they're wrong about I the I think red they're snow? just too cocky. I think they could be right, but I don't think they should be saying shit like that. Just so I feel like they're still way smarter than we are, you know? Oh, for sure. Well, smarter in terms of they have more information downloaded into their shit. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, I think they jump the horse a lot. They need to to rein that shit in. Rein it in. I can understand. Rein it in. I can understand. All right, all right, all right. Pluto and astrology. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay. In astrology. Pluto represents the energy of death and rebirth, per Roy. It's all about how we transform, how we destroy, and how we are reborn again after tragedy or death. It is 
without a doubt, the most difficult planet to deal with in all of astrology. Similar to Hades, Pluto does not give a fuck. You know the saying, the opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference? That's Pluto. Pluto isn't ever trying to explode your life. He just literally does not care about you. Pluto wants what he wants, and if you end up as collateral damage, so be it. He couldn't care less. Which is the correct way to say that phrase. I get so irritated when people say you, that they could care less. I think it's just lazy linguistics. No, know? they really think that that's what it is. Well, people and are it's, you know, disappointing. Yeah, true. Some astrologers, the ones who are always trying to put a positive spin on everything, the ones who say there are no bad aspects, just aspects that are more challenging, they'll tell you that Pluto is difficult, but that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And even losing everything is an opportunity to start again. And they're not wrong. I just think that they're naive and kidding themselves. Every tragedy provides an opportunity to grow, sure. But there needs to be balance, as with everything. And if the pain of a situation heavily outweighs any potential growth, I think it's safe to say the growth wasn't worth it my advice when pluto fucks your shit up find a way to pick yourself up and dust yourself off not to honor him but to spite him honestly though not like he would care <laughs> but i will say pluto is also associated with wealth so in astrology that can mean like metaphorical wealth typically something you acquire mm, i love gold yeah yeah it, like Pluto is ruled by Scorpio or Pluto rules Scorpio and Scorpio rules the eighth house and the eighth house is all about death, sex. Some people say taxes and what they call other people's money or other people's resources. Death and taxes. Right. <laughs> so it can be kind of, I don't want to say lucky, but it's like Pluto moves slow. Obviously. I mean, it takes 248 years to orbit the well, sun. And also, like, fucking, of course he's apathetic. Why would he give a shit? Like, what I'm curious about is, clearly, like, astrologers, when astrology was being created thousands of years discovered. ago. Discovered. Huh? It was discovered. Like, it always existed. How? But how? Well, people, I mean, every, I mean, language always existed. Like the, Yeah, on so a base fucking level. the shaman and the tribe 3,000 years ago is like... There's a Pluto out there. You can't see it, but it's out there. No, 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 no. Okay. I will say Pluto is, it's not a part of Hellenistic astrology because nobody knew it was there. <coughs> but in terms of mythology, it was there. So I think astrology, it was very like, it. you know, they were kind of figuring out that, okay, there's like a pattern to the movements and how it affects us in life. But at the end of the day, they were very primitive in their understanding of astrology because they couldn't see all the planets and because they didn't have the scientific technology to track all the planets. So when was Pluto incorporated into astrology? After 1930, after it was discovered. And so I don't know the exact day. You might be able to look it up. But they associated it like they did with a lot of other planets with the um, mythological significations, but mostly with Scorpio. Because Scorpio was always identified with Pluto. Okay. Plutonian. What do you mean always? Well, it was mythology. Yeah. It's similar. Okay. And it's also, it has a lot to do with Mars, which is because Scorpio is co-ruled by Mars in modern astrology because that was the planet that originally ruled it in traditional Hellenistic astrology. Mm Mm-hmm. That's it. Well... Does it, what else, did that answer your question or what did it uh, I mean, yeah, I guess. I just wonder, like, you know, everyone was like, oh, Pluto's a thing now. And so we're just like, yep, cool. Well, I think what they did was they, they took the pattern of discovered astrology, right? Like the whole idea of the, mytho- the mythology of all of the deities, which, as we talk about in our history section every episode, is rooted in, like, every preceding civilization right everything in astrology has its roots from like the earliest man 
mm-hmm. basic roots. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is that we use that astrology or we use that myth- mythology to help us understand and um, talk about the difference, the different movements of the planets in astrology, because we believe that there's there. It's not a coincidence that those those themes have in, inherently stayed with humans since we first ever became civilized. Okay. 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 All right. And so when they deve- when they discovered new planets, they followed the same pattern that the Greeks and the Romans followed because mm-hmm. we're assuming that the Greeks and the Romans had some kind of idea of what they were doing. I mean, they were, you know. Did they? they? Well, think about how smart that they were and so many other I mean, they areas said some of crazy life. ass shit though. Well, you yeah, know? but mathematics, science, I mean, art, yeah, literature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I, I hear mean, you. they were in like I said, they were just taking stuff that already existed in, you know, the human canon and they were just putting it in words on paper. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, astrology is all about like metaphors, right? Metaphors for our life, metaphors for the things that we see, the way that we live, the things we experience, nature, everything around us. And that's why Roy calls it a language because it's a way to talk about the human experience. Mm-hmm. And so when Uranus and Neptune and Pluto were discovered, astrologers kind of incorporated the same techniques that the Greeks and the Romans had incorporated with astrology and, a, you know, found a deity and found an astrological sign that they think fit most in with that deity and was most important and incorporated it and so forth. And I don't, and I think a lot of it is intuitive. I mean, I, and I mean, it's, you know, obviously skeptics wouldn't agree with that, but I think intuition plays a huge role. I think that when those planets were discovered, you know, the divine aspect of human interaction, I think identified like, this is what that's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I think that was a small part of it, but I think history over the last, you know, hundred or so years has proven that Pluto was meant to be Pluto in astrology. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if that's the, if that's it, then that's it, bro. It just, like you said, I think, like, I, you have to, like, go intuitively with that's how it all ended up, mainly. Because it's just, like, I think it is difficult for a skeptic to wrap their mind around, like, the abstractness that space was, you know, thousands of years ago. And, yes, you can say that they were observing patterns, but, like, they just saw like a blank space and thought oh once pluto was discovered like oh that's supposed that's what's that's what's doing that to us well i think the main thing was that there are two planetary rulers for most signs and as the other planets got discovered they were like oh well maybe there's not supposed to be right because they did the division of 12 for a lot of reasons that I don't understand. And I want to honestly do an episode about this, but the number 12 is very significant to our solar system, our, our life. I mean, think about, we have, you know, 12 hours. I mean, we have 24 hours, which is 12 twice. We have, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we have 12 hours of day, 12 hours of night, 12 months in a year. Mm-hmm. And the number 12 is very important. Why they chose that, I think, I can't tell you for sure. You could probably find a lot of sources that talk about it, and I would love to do that. It'd be very interesting. So there were 12 zodiac signs. There were always 12, right? Mm -hmm. And they saw, okay, well, how come all of these planets are ruling two signs? They just, but not the sun, not the moon. You know, Mm -hmm. those are only one sign each. Mm -hmm. And so they discovered... Uranus, and they were like, okay, well, maybe that's where Aquarius is supposed to go, right? Mm-hmm. They discover Neptune, and they're like, well, maybe that's where Pisces is supposed to go. And then they discover Pluto, and they're like, oh, well, maybe that's where Scorpio is supposed to go. I see. Okay. And I think that was the main reason because okay. they realized that there was a lot of double rulership, and they thought maybe the only reason that there was double rulership is because the ancients didn't know that there were more planets. Okay. And that does beg the question. I think now the only planet left that doesn't have an alternative ruler is Venus for Libra. So I personally think that there's probably something out there that could better rule Libra than Venus or co-rule, you know what I mean? Potentially like an asteroid or something because 
at the end of the day, the delineations that we give to all these big floating objects in space is just the way humans want to classify them. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think that Virgo is actually or should be ruled by Chiron. Mm. And explain what Chiron is. So Chiron is the wounded healer. Right, but it's a fucking Oh, asteroid. it's an asteroid. Yeah. Well, some people think it's a comet, but it's an asteroid, basically. Semantic. It's not, it doesn't, I don't think it has, I don't think, obviously, no comets wouldn't, comets and asteroids don't have atmospheres or anything. So, it's basically just a big old rock floating around. Mm-hmm. For me, I feel like the signification when it comes to astrology is like, yeah, planets have, like, a lot of force. But I think, when you think about how all the different planets affect us humans... In just like a physical sense, like it's all about that gravitational pull. Like it's all one cohesive thing. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if one were to fall out of orbit, it would probably like throw everybody off track. And so I think that Chiron and other asteroids are probably just, they play a part in keeping that cohesive flow going. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think you could definitely, you should definitely include those in astrology. Mm hmm. Anyway, so Pluto is associated with fear as well and insecurity. Um, Where Pluto is located in your chart can be indicative of any kind of insecurities you might have, especially aspects to other planets. Um, It can also indicate just like where you are generally fearful in life more often than not and or more often than in other areas of life. Like some people are just afraid or they're like hyper focused or obsessed, which is a huge Plutonian Scorpionic theme obsession, right? And a lot of that plays into our fears and what we fear and why we fear, right? Because we obsess over possible outcomes or over possible threats or whatever, right? It's mostly an obsession. You think about something enough, you're gonna be scared about it enough. If you don't ever think about something, you're not really gonna have a lot of fear about it until it's like right in front of your face. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to fear and insecurity in Pluto in your chart, the placement is just like where you naturally find yourself sitting in fear and what about and in what parts of your life, mm-hmm. especially when it's not something that's like right in front of you, right? Like when you're laying in bed at night, like, what are you thinking about? What are you, what are you scared of? Mm-hmm. What are you stressing about? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot, you know, a lot of it is also obviously about death, but it's not just literal death it is literal death but it's also like metaphorical deaths what sometimes people call little deaths you know the end of an era in your life Mm -hmm. the end of a way of being the end of a friendship of a relationship the end of anything could be considered a death right Mm -hmm. astrology can be very metaphorical and i think the only silver lining to pluto is learning how to come back from the depths, right? So the phoenix rising from the ashes is like a huge symbol for Pluto. And I think that I think that people I think that it's true because obviously the only way you can rise from the ashes is to first be burned down. But I also think it's just another way that like it's the human desire to make something seem less scary, right? It's mm-hmm. like, oh well it's really bad, but you know, like Jupiter comes in with the optimism like but this is good because you can now do this, that, and the other thing. And I know at the beginning of the astrology segment, I was just like real pessimistic. I think for me, um, as we talk about like our own Pluto placements, like Pluto has fucked my shit up a lot. And I don't think that Pluto is like Saturn in the way of like Saturn's a great teacher like I feel like the lessons you learn from Saturn are really valuable and at the end of it you're like wow I'm so glad I went through that because I would never know this that and the other thing I would never be who I am with Pluto it's like you can say like yeah the shit that Pluto taught me is part of who I am right now but if I could go back and change it I might because that's how fucking difficult it was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I feel like the lessons of Saturn, like, you wouldn't give up for the world. But, like, Pluto, you would, you'd probably give it up real quick. Okay. All <laughs> You're right. Like, yep, I didn't need that. I didn't need that. Right. That traumatized me. Right. Um, and I don't want people to think that Pluto is evil because he's not. Right? He is just the dark balance of the light 
you know? Mm-hmm. Like, the world needs balance. The world needs the dark and the light. It needs positive and negative. And like I said, he's never out to get you. You just get in his way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he, he's not malicious. He just is. Mm-hmm. So thinking of him as evil. And even like, I know we jokingly or I jokingly associated, you know, Hades with like Satan. It's really not. Because at the end of the day, I think Satan is malicious. Hades is not. Mm-hmm. He's just gloomy and forbidding. Mm-hmm. He's more like, if you were going to equate him to like a figure, he's more like the Grim Reaper. Right? The Grim Reaper comes, you know, when you're dying. Right. Or the Grim Reaper comes upon the hour of death to take you away. Mm-hmm. He's not the one who killed you. Mm-hmm. He's just there to take you because mm-hmm. you're dead and it's time to go. Mm-hmm. People see him he's as just om- got a job to do, so he's going to do it. Yeah. People see him as like this ominous figure, but death is a part of life, it's a part of everything. And while it's scary and traumatic and we don't like it, it's necessary. Mm-hmm. And so you got to respect Pluto for that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I feel like death puts everything into perspective. Death gives meaning to everything else. Mm-hmm. That's why like people think about what it would be like to live forever and how like things would just feel so meaningless eventually because there is nothing at stake. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Not to get too fucking deep. No, but it's true. I also read very smut books and <laughs> what the fuck? In the in those Wait a minute. Ma- the Fay. Are you doing this recently now? No, I've been I mean, I finished all of the series. No. I like I'm 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 waiting for the next books to come out, but like since February I was balls deep into Have you very watched smut. that show on Amazon Prime? Which one? got fairies in it and fucking Orlando Bloom. I did watch it with my brother. It wasn't my choice, but yes, my brother really wanted to watch it with me. Really? Yeah, Carnival Row. Yeah, I watched That's it. That's pretty interesting. Why we didn't finish it. Well, your brother, I guess I don't know him. I just don't see him as that. The type who'd be into that shit. I mean, he's, Pete's into, like. Is he like Lord of the Rings? You guys bond yeah, over that? Yeah. Oh. Him and my dad. No, we don't bond over it, but. Oh. He's like who I first watched Lord of the Rings. Do you know with. that? Does he know that you, that's like your lifeline, your lifeblood? Uh, my brother doesn't really know anything about me. <laughs> I think he knows that I have a four Frodo tattoo, and that's probably where the buck stops. You know. Okay. <laughs> we just like he doesn't he doesn't really ask about okay my life, and I don't offer it up freely. But when I lived, it was right when I moved back to Michigan. I was living with my parents, and it was like I think. Like, my brother just wanted to watch Carnival Row with someone. He had already watched it, and he, like, wanted to rewatch it with me. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really likes that show. See, I wanted to like it, but I don't know. There's something about it that just, like... It wasn't really good. It was, like, it missed the mark. The yeah. mark was there. It could have been really fucking cool, yeah. but I feel like they just... It was just kind of weird. They didn't sign on for a And I feel like Orlando Bloom, like... Fell. He didn't, he didn't fell, do it. He, fell from heaven. He didn't hit that. He didn't make that character it I mean, was so weird if you think about it he rarely does you know like he was cast as legolas because i don't know he, could he just was good be, in... like beautiful and brooding you know yeah he was but... good in um pirates but he was good in that i mean he was okay he had a pretty simple job to do you i know? don't even know what else he's done in... uh other things I don't know either. I'll ask Brady. He's hot though. That's all that he matters. Right? Oh, he was in Troy. Duh. Oh, Troy. He definitely played Ugh. a fucking douchebag in that, that movie. That movie real was well. So bad, but so good. Excuse me, dude. So bad. How was it bad? How was it good? Everything about it was fucking great. It's all just fucking the female gaze, man. Which I'm fine with. That's what well, made it good. Also, the wait. Oh, you mean like hot dudes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. We don't get it a lot. We got it. We got it. I'm down for it. Though. You want to talk about a good movie? I hated the animation, dude. I hated the animations in that movie. I can get over it. Oh my God, get over it. I yourself. hate that kind of shit. It's just like that Sin City movie. Yeah, it's by Zack Snyder. I can't get over director. that. It just it irritates me. You gotta just. Listen, it's just, just not for me, all yourself. right? It's for you. I, I appreciate that. It's oh, not ha. for me, man. Oh, ha, ha, ha. You know, the, sl- the fast and then slow motion shit. Yeah. Uh, did you know that Xerxes is in love, actually? King Xerxes. I haven't seen that show in so long. Is Who is he in love, actually? I've seen that more recently. Carl. Carl. So, Which one's Carl? Uh, not Laura Dern. Oh, my God. What's her name? Laura Linney. Her character, she has, like, the codependent brother who always calls her on their phone, but she's in love with Carl at the office. 
And oh yeah, that is fucking Xerxes. I also really isn't that the bitch that was in motherfucking uh, ugh, the Ozark. Or was that? Yeah, her? yeah, that's her. That's the same girl. I do not like her. Why not? Maybe it's just that show. Her character in the Ozark, dude, I hate her. I really fucking hate her. Well, I hate her. I fucking hate her now. That seems harsh, but we're digressing anyway. We got to get back to Pluto. Okay, well, I need to look this up now. I'm tripping. Who is it? Love actually, Carl. Oh, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that guy is way out of her league. That's why it's really sad that she picks up the fucking phone because he likes her too. Dude, I know. So you know sad. what? She's great at playing those you just love to hate them characters because they're the worst. Ugh, now I'm remembering her storyline. It's sad. It's just heartbreaking. It's creepy. I hate it. It's not creepy. Anyway, so... Let's talk about Pluto. Anyway, back to reality. Oh! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, we'll talk, let's talk now about our own flutes to help, to help the folks envision this for them, you know? Mm-hmm. Actually, first I shall read from Now I am going to read from the book of Roy. Pluto's realm contains all that we most fear and seek to avoid. Yet its cycle teaches that we are not lost, whatever happens. The phoenix rising from its own ashes symbolizes the freedom that Pluto offers. The planet shows us that we can embrace radical change when we realize... That even losing everything is an opportunity to start again, purified and in better shape. This is the natural way of the seasons of the year, when new life appears out of decay and death in an eternal cycle. He goes on to say that we cease to be the slave of the future and also of the past by living mindfully with insecurity from moment to moment. I like the idea of the freedom thing with Pluto because... Like, you could say that, like, you would feel the most free, like, if you lost everything. You've got a blank-ass slate, you know what I mean? Like, your house burns down, you lose your job, like, mm-hmm. you could just totally pivot your whole life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, like, your house burns down, like, that's all your shit, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I said with it, it's like, ugh, you know? Lost it's one of those, it's, Pluto gives you those lessons where... You're either A, like, totally could have lived without that, or B, it was, like, really fucked up, and you're like, man, like, I wouldn't be, you know, like, imagine somebody who, like, is married with kids, right? And, like, this has happened before, which is really sad. And, like, their wife and their kids die in a car crash, right? And they, like, sink into a deep depression, like, their whole family's gone. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they heal, they meet someone else, they have more kids, they have a new family. That person probably is, like, you know... I never wanted to go through the death of my first family, but I also don't ever want to say that I wouldn't, I would change it so that I don't have the family I have now. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the hardest thing to ever say. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like people would rather not have to go through that loss in the first place, though. No, yeah, but imagine you did, and you're now, you have a new wife who you love to death, you have new children that you love. And the right, the prospect of saying of taking all of that back and having not had gone through the fucked up shit, you know, that's what I mean. Like, I just, yeah, I think that would be a hard thing. I think if people are actually verbalized, right? I think the the only time people are like grateful for Pluto's lessons are like when some crazy shit like that happens and like their whole life changes and they have this new life, but it's still always hard for them to fully say that they wouldn't take it back. Because it was so fucked up. I still feel like people would say, I wish that had never happened. I don't know. I mean, like, you would basically be saying, I wish these children of mine never happened. Yeah, but then you're kind of saying, like, it's okay my kids died because then I got new kids. Well, no, you're not saying it's okay. You're just saying it is what it is. I guess, yeah. But see, that's a fine line. I don't know. Right. But that's Pluto. That's what I'm saying. Hopefully not a situation I would ever have to find myself in. Yep. That's Mm -hmm. Pluto. Mm -hmm. The situations you hopefully never want to find yourself in and then Mm -hmm. you fucking do. (laughs) What house is your Pluto in? Oh, my Pluto is in the third house. 
Which is? Like the one after the second house. Clever. So the third house is all about, well, the third house is ruled by Gemini. And it covers several areas in life, all kind of relating to the same theme, which is like most houses. But it's about like early education, your like physical surroundings, like where you're at right now, you know, like kind of like your house, but not so much your house, but it's just like wherever you are, right? Like the people around you, the things in your daily life, Mm -hmm. like, you know, your neighbors, you're fucking the guy you see every day at the gas station that you kind of know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's also about, you know, Gemini is all about like learning, reading, communicating. It's ruled by Mercury, which is all about like the mind, the brain, the mental processes. So it's very much like your mind is mm-hmm. like the third house. Mm-hmm. And it can also be about siblings and um just kind of like your social life in general mm-hmm. like you know your like your social life like every day right maybe not necessarily like your friends that you you know make sure you make a point to hang out with but it could be like the friends that you see like on a weekly basis mm-hmm. you know what i mean like your your little mini micro community that kind of goes with you everywhere all the time mm-hmm. pets too can be a part of it but they can also be part of the six but um pluto anywhere sucks there's no good place for pluto to be none zero prove me wrong somebody you can't it really has a lot to do with like traumatic experiences and just trauma in general just like deep dark shit you know what i'm saying obviously so for me um when it comes to like my brain and it comes to like my insecurities and it comes to a lot of stuff like that it probably and i know last season i said that some of my placements had a lot to do with my ocd but i think especially now that i've learned a lot more the fact that i have pluto in the third is like i mean it's all about obsession and the mind right Mm -hmm. there you go Mm -hmm. and you know if you had to put my ocd on a spectrum which some people do on one side there's like super compulsive right so like that's the person that's like counting the tiles and like organizing their toothpastes and shit and they can't leave the house and then on the other end is like just purely obsessive thoughts Mm -hmm. like you're just constantly obsessing about like this is gonna happen this is gonna happen or you're just like thinking about shit you don't want to think about right like that something i'm gonna reveal to you guys that i don't know if it's embarrassing but it's always just been like something i fucking hate about myself i guess that i don't know if i can say that it's a me because it's not me I've learned to personify my OCD as like my OCD, right? So it's not me. Mm-hmm. It's my OCD. Mm-hmm. But it's something I've always done is like, I just imagine people having sex. I just imagine people naked. I meet somebody for the first time. I imagine them slobbing the knob, getting down dirty. I don't want to. I don't want to. But it's in my head. The I mean, image. I think instantly. everyone does that though. No, I but that's I, I, her human nature. But like for me, it doesn't go away. I'm constantly like I just have accepted that like I think about that when I think. So when are I'm you constantly horned up or no? It's not, not even a sexual thing. It's mm-hmm. like I'm torturing myself. You know what I mean? Like I don't want. Nope, I don't want that. Hmm. I wonder what was suppressed in your childhood that you feel the need to. I, I don't know, but I think mostly it's just the my Pluto in the third. <laughs> but how... it's all up because I also when I was a kid especially would just I would obsess violent thoughts I would envision me like stabbing my mom in the face like slitting her throat right, right. like I loved my pets but I would envision like just snapping their necks that's I didn't fucked up yeah I don't want that that's really fucked up I used to take my favorite toy and I was like little in the car seat I have these memories I would take my favorite toy and I would dangle it out the window and I would think, what if I dropped it? What if I dropped it? What if I dropped it? I'd be so upset if I dropped this. That's fucked up. Why would I do that? Because I put on the third. Pluto, man. Like, Are you really? Sure it's not just you having a little fucked up brain? Fucked up little horny well, brain? Well, what is the... It's not, it's not sexual. It's the weirdest thing ever. I think because it's in the third, like, Mercury is very... It's not emotional. It's detached, right? And I think... I think most sex, most sexual desires have like an emotional tinge to them. So I think when it comes to my Mercury in the third, it's like I think about that shit, but it really is not like I'm not aroused by it. I'm just like traumatized by it. Mm -hmm. Like I want to like 
my brain always wants to think about the most fucked up shit almost to fuck with me mm-hmm. it's like i used to when i was a kid i used to think why am i torturing myself like do other people do this i used to always think that mm-hmm. like why am i torturing myself and now you understand it as your pluto placement well it's my ocd but yeah I think that that has a huge thing to do with it because it's all about obsessiveness and trauma. And like, I used to just, I don't know. When I was a kid, once I figured out what my OCD was, I do feel like there was a kind of one of those metaphorical death situations where it's like me before I recognized and understood that I had OCD and then afterwards. There's mm-hmm. like two distinct parts of my life because before that I was so, I was just traumatized all the time by myself. Mm-hmm. I was like, I used to think, I used to genuinely think that I was going to end up in a mental institution when I was older because I was like, there's no way that I realized that no, most other people aren't thinking about this shit. I must literally be insane. I mean, but everyone thinks about people. No, well, also that. Yeah. Everyone thinks about, but I did it in the first grade. Be shit. I was making my Barbies fuck when I was five, dude. Like. I, I think you're fine. Yeah, but did you know what it was? Or were you just like, they need to do this to make babies? I, I mean, I remember making them fuck. So, <laughs> like, you kind of know what that is. I just, I used to. I probably didn't even know that it was what made babies at that point. I just. See, I did. I always, like, I was. You were more educated than Well, I it was. wasn't even just, like, educated. It was just, like, I, I don't know. I made a point to know because my brain even though I'm like, I probably don't want to or need to know this shit. My brain, like, had to. Aww. It's just really weird. That is that is strange. Yeah. It's too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will. Um, I guess another insecurity I might have is, like, um, when it comes to Pluto on the third, which is, like, you know, about communication and social situations um i'm always and especially very plutonian like sometimes i and this is like a weird thing to be insecure about but sometimes i get insecure about like me being like too mean like you are mean yeah no i know (laughs) but like sometimes like my gemini will just be i'll be like joking around right and then sometimes i'll be like these people think I'm a fucking but bitch. Again, that's normal. Everyone thinks like, oh my god. Yeah, but most people or, oh no, but oh my god, they hate me. I'm not thinking about they hate me. I'm thinking about they think I'm a bitch. I'm well, a bitch. Yeah, I can. I say some things. I mean, I think you might have it more, but I think these thoughts. Well, no, are yeah, normal, and I'm not. You know? say, no, and I'm not saying they're not normal. I'm just saying this is how Pluto is in my life because not everybody has this shit, this degree. Right. This is where all of Maybe my my Pluto is focused. Right. 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 Like, everybody has all kinds of insecurities, right, that are normal. But, like, for me, it's, like, the hyper-focus. Like, that's where Pluto's at. Got it. The hyper-focus. Got it. And I have, I don't know. I've always kind of been insecure. And, like, the stuff, ooh. The Pluto stuff is is the hardest shit to talk about. It's the shit that you don't want to So, wait, what does the second house mean? Now I'm scared. Okay, bitch, we're getting there. What am I going to have to talk about? I don't know. It's deep within you, man. I I refuse. It's the depths. (laughs) Okay, so another thing is, like, I've always been kind of insecure about my friends. I've always been insecure that, like, people don't want to be friends with me. And it's not even because I think I'm unlikable. Like, I think I'm very likable. I just have, when I was, especially when I was younger, I used to think that there was just some kind of, like, I don't know what it was, some unknowable quality, some je ne sais quoi that, like, I just did not have. When it came to friends? When it came to making friends. Making friends. Especially female friends. Mm-hmm. I think I just genuinely didn't connect Girls to a tough. lot. Yeah, yeah. I connected more to dudes. And then eventually my dude friends would want to bang me. And then I'd be like, well, what the fuck? Like, now we're not friends anymore mm-hmm. because you want to bang me. And they it's weird. Everything. And now you're upset. They always ruin everything. I yeah. Know. I mean, obviously that's not always the case. I have dude friends. But a lot of the times that would happen, I would think I was getting real tight with a dude. And I, you know, because in my head, very separate. Dudes, I was fucking tight with and dudes that i wanted to have sex with Mm -hmm. but the dudes that i was fucking tight with would because i was hanging out with them and i you know people think you're probably leading them on i was not i really i think some people do like madonna i think leads everybody on because she's like a flirt it's in her chart she's she flirts with at all ages all sexes everything but like i don't feel like i'm very flirty and i think if a dude wants to bang you then anything you do to him is flirty. yeah if he like right that's that's his 
his own agenda. Yeah, but you do. I mean, and I would have those moments where I'd feel guilty, like, was I? You know what I mean? Because I'm a good person and I'm like, you know, reflecting. Right. But yeah, no, most of the time it was just like, I would love to have this dude friend and then they would confess their love to me and I would be like, you just ruined everything. Right. I yeah. hate you yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't ever go that back. It happens, man. I think with women, though, especially when we're teenagers or like middle school, we're all so competitive or jealous or like suspicious of Dude, each yeah, other. Dude, yeah, I know. I hate that. That connection is very hard to find. You got to like work real hard. And then even even then, especially when you're that age, something is going to go wrong. Like someone's yeah. going to all caps MSM message yeah. you, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like I am very much the type of person who like I, I have like not that many, but like super close friends. Mm-hmm. Like. And that's very scorpionic of, like, very selective, but, like, very loyal, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, when you think about, like, the metaphor of the fact that, like, Pluto just moves very slowly, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, you developing a a bond with somebody is going to be a slower process, but Mm -hmm. it's going to be more stable. Rather than just taking shots at a frat party. Yeah, yeah. Um, And there's some other things. Obviously, the, the big, most obvious red flag in your face one is, like, Pluto in the third. Third's about siblings. My brother died. Mm-hmm. Madonna has Pluto in the third. Her brother died. Mm. It's not always that, like... Obtuse. That yeah. Ob- Quote-unquote obvious. Yeah. It's not always that literal either. Yeah. But, literal, I mean, yeah. it happens. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that really wild. did blow up my entire life. Mm-hmm. And it... I am... That's another... Like, me before I knew I had OCD and after, and then me before my brother died, and then me after my brother died. Completely different, yeah. It's, I feel like the 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 Pluto events in your life are the middle of those things, where you feel like you have those parts of your life where it's like, well, me before this and me before that, whatever mm-hmm. that is, that was Pluto. All right. I okay. Ha- I have to know. Reba, what is it? Because I have an idea of what Reba, my Pluto moment could be. Okay, the second house is basically the natural house of Taurus and is ruled by Venus. Well, Taurus is ruled by Venus. Um, And it's all about kind of like physical, like they say it's the house of values, which can be physical values, things that you have, things that you acquire, money, but it can also be like your values in life, like what you value, Mm. right? Like what is important to you and shit like that. Mm. Um, Possessions and assets. Um, self-worth because mm. that's you know that's a shame <laughs> yeah like your value like your self-value uh, uh-huh. you know what I mean uh-huh. it's also like when you have really when you have any planet it just kind of harkens back to the theme of like being comfortable and having physical comfort is like important to you it's like very important to you mm-hmm um, so Pluto in the second can indicate that like, well, when you think about fears and insecurities, sometimes it can indicate like a fear of like letting go mm-hmm. of ideas or people mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. things, right? Mm-hmm. Things that you want that you can't have. Mm-hmm. Things that you had that you have to let go of, right? It mm-hmm. takes you a while to accept that mm-hmm. and it takes you a while to like move on from that and Mm -hmm. when you do that when you do let go of things Mm -hmm. it can be a very painful Mm -hmm. traumatic Mm -hmm. but transformative thing Mm -hmm. right like i'm thinking of a very specific Mm -hmm. instance in your life where it's Mm -hmm. like reva before that and reva after that Mm -hmm. so that is exactly the reva i am thinking of as well (laughs) it can also be in like hearkening back to that it can also be like a relationship issue right because of that venus connection well that's exactly i mean there's BM and then after M, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, that's exactly what came to my mind. But I mean, I'm only 32 years old. I have lots of life left to live, so there could be another fucking situ Pluto ass situation. Well, I mean, it could be a relationship, but I think another thing, um, especially when I was doing research for this, when I was looking at you know Pluto in the second at um, advancedastrology.com, which is a great resource for you guys. They're not paying me. I wish they would. Um, it can be hard for you, like, because you have your shit, right? And you talked about this before, and this is like Taurus, right? Where you're like, it's hard for you to share. It's hard for you, especially in a relationship. I'm a dragon in a cave. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard for you to, like, delineate between what's mine and what's yours and, like, becoming ours. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. And when you... I've gotten so much better, though. Yes. I'm so proud of myself. Yeah. Well, I think that that experience, yeah. right? Yeah. However many years ago, had a lot to do with that because you had to leave your pets. Yeah. And that was something that fucking you had to let go of. And, and it was really hard. Well, it's interesting because you talk about, like, values, both, like, moral and monetary or whatever, but, like... I feel like we've talked, I've talked about this, but like that person had a very cushy job and the promise that that person made me for years in life was I want to take care of you. Like we can go on vacations. You don't have to work. You oh, have, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I can see you like, blah, blah, blah. Oh. well, that's another thing and, I read about too is uh-huh. like being overly materialistic. And I certainly, I let that keep me back it was more complicated than that but that was certainly a factor going into it and it's something that I've really come to terms with in the almost two years since that all went down that like I was a fucking dragging me like yes gold gold yeah. but at all costs but that sort of stability for me was really hard to walk away from well and because I think it was the only stability there. Everything yes. else was, I was unstable. I was just thinking that. Like, yeah. It was kind of... And not to say that it was the only redeeming factor, because that is not fair to say. But, like, it was, you know, everything else was trash sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, like, well, it's going to be worth it, because we'll have this future together, and he's going to go to therapy, and it'll be fine. You know? And also, I didn't want to leave my dogs. There is that. So... Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Some people say that Pluto is also the planet of psychotherapy, of therapy. Mm. Like the place that like, obviously you should talk in therapy about everything, but it's like the place that like once you start going there, you like, you find yourself in a pitfall and you're like talking about shit where you're like, damn, I never even like Mm -hmm. realized. Like when Mm -hmm. I think about like my friends and you know, when I was just talking about that, Mm -hmm. like I had like kind of, I broke up a friendship that I had with somebody for like, it was like a, a couple that I was friends with for forever. And I actually introduced them and I had been friends with him for like over 10 years and her for like at least five. And like, we kind of had this major falling out, mm-hmm. mostly just like 2016 stuff, but also just like them. We had very different life trajectories. Mm-hmm. And I, a big thing for me is like, I had met Alex. I was settling down. Like I didn't want to party anymore. Partying mm-hmm. was always a means to an end. I found the end. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I was also becoming more and more traumatized by like substance abuse around me. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to get away from it. Mm-hmm. And they were still very much into partying, mm-hmm. which I'm not like judging uh, about. I just was not for me. So it was mm-hmm. like, we just slowly stopped hanging out mm-hmm. that much. And then it kind of, but it was just really painful for me. And it was something that like took me forever to get over. Mm-hmm. Like I was so upset about it. Mm-hmm. Like I had to talk about it in therapy. Well, that's a hard I had to thing. talk about it with um, my fucking energy healing. Elaine? Elaine. Wow. Yeah. Was, yeah. You had um, some shit to clear there. But that kind of stuff is painful. Like I feel like I haven't really had to do that with a friendship. Really? Like, where it is, like, a definite breaking off point, you know? Because they were, like, the third house type of friend. Like, I saw them every day. Right, like, you were super close to them. Especially in college. Like, we were, like, That was your best friend when we were thieves. in France, I know. Yeah. And that shit's, that would be, that's really tough. That's, like, a tough pill to swallow, you mm-hmm. know? And I actually had a couple of those things happen around that same time. Um a couple other friends that I weren't as close with, but that I had been that level of close with before. And then we just didn't see each other that much, but Mm -hmm. then like it just ended. It's just really difficult. And there's like something for me that it's like, I feel like it's easier for me to heal from like relationship breakups than that kind of friendship ending. Like it's just so painful for me. Yeah. I can understand that. Well, you, like you said, the, the company you keep is like intimate and loyal. And so like a relationship you can kind of logically see yourself out over. Like you can resent them for a lot of different Well, shit, you also know that like, like there's no way you guys, like it's almost impossible to like keep being friends with somebody you were intimate with. It's just messy. It's difficult. Yeah, it's not yeah. impossible, but it's really hard. Yeah. Especially when you're in like a, a real relationship, yeah, right? And you weren't just like hooking up. Happen. Yeah. And I don't know if it should happen, honestly. No, yeah, I agree. You but know? with friends, like there's seldom something that's going to happen that's going to make you, you not ever right. talk to them again. Right. So. Yeah. And it's just really painful. Yeah. Don't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
it can also just be hard for you to like let go of stuff. People like, and I don't know if I see this in you that much, but I could potentially see it where it's like hoarder mentality, where not even just like you want a lot of stuff, but like the the specific things that you physical things you put value on, like. I can be really sentimental about yeah, my trash keys. Yeah, and like, and yeah. if you were to lose them, it would be like... I hate losing things. I feel like a or they get broken or something. arm is cut off when I lose something. I actually was just having... Just had this conversation with a guy I'm kind of seeing. I left my water bottle... Like, my water bottle at oh, his house. Oh, no! And he actually called me out about it. He said, like, oh, no, your emotional support bottle. And I, like, I never saw it that way, but it's kind of true. Like, when I have... Like, I have things that are my things. And it, it it's not like I would ever hoard to the point that you see on hoarders. Like, I like to be, I'm too tidy for that, you know? But, yeah, like, tchotchkes and shit that I've had for years. And, like, I, I, the, I have this weird thing where there's a painting that I have over my bed. And I've had it since I was 20. And it's always been over my bed in some way. And I, I look at, you talk about having sex. I look at it and I'm like... Wow, that painting has seen me have sex with so many people. Oh my god. <laughs> but I just think it like I have an emotional connection to those things. Like, think of where this painting has been, you know? Think of I all get that. that it's seen. Well, I get that, yeah. And I'm not like I'm not that intense about it. <laughs> I do get that way about stuff, but I feel like when I go to a museum or like something like that, I'll yeah. think about that like with those yeah. objects. And it'll make me I'll get really into it. I'll be like, damn, like this It's wild. People were around this thing like doing ritual sacrifice. That's <laughs> dude, I get that. Like whenever I go to a hard rock cafe, like oh and you see God. Britney Spears pants or something, you're like, Britney's fucking legs were in those pants or some dumb shit. Yeah. But the or like, you know, the Champs Elysees in Paris. Or oh my god, yeah. Or like Versailles. Like yeah, all that. Oh my god, such a boner for all that stuff. And, I mean, we could, oh, my God, Pluto is, like, the never-ending. Like, we could go so deep and hard in Pluto. Sounds like you might want to. I mean, in therapy, I think we both should. (laughs) (laughs) But one point I want to make about you again is that in that, you know, Plutonian explosion era of your life, didn't you have to leave a bunch of your shit? I mean, you said you you just packed up your car and you... Yeah. Like, the Plutonian lesson you learned was you were forced to learn how to let go of your physical shit yeah. and your yeah. just everything. Yeah. I mean, I had to prioritize myself over fucking dogs, which is awful. Uh, and all of the shit that I had gone halfsies on, you know, all the furniture that I paid half for mm-hmm. or like a table that I've moved out there. Eight Cause you could ago. have stayed there and bickered about what was yours and what was mine. But you realize like, no, you've got a scorched earth. You can't even well, worry about I mean, it. You have to let it's it go. Not, I would love to say that in that moment, it was that simple, but there was a period of time, like alt in my, in my heart of hearts, I knew that I wasn't going back. I was able to walk out the door because there was a part of myself that was protecting me and telling me, it's fine, you'll be back and you and Em are going to work it out and like you're going to fly back and help him move across the country. This isn't the last time you're seeing your dogs. This isn't like... Well, that, and I think that that's, yeah, I think that that's your moon coming in and trying to protect you for sure. But I mean, essentially, I just, I packed my fucking Instant Pot and... Two little propagates were like the only plants that I took, knowing that like, knowing that the most important things had to come in the car with me, and everything else had to go. I took carloads of shit to Goodwill because I cleaned all of my shit out of there, and then yeah, just left. I had I had not much when I arrived. <laughs> it's wild. So it's yeah, you. That experience was Pluto in the second house, 100%. Mm-hmm. My brother dying, Pluto in the third house, 100%. Got it. So, got it, got it, got it. Cool place. Those are very, like, easy examples to conceptualize. Literal things like that. Okay, cool. Good to know. Great. All right, well, next episode is actually a bonus episode that I did, I interview I did, talking more about Pluto with Rye Bland, the astrologer. Um, you guys will hear that. And then after that... Reva and I are going to do the sun. Le soleil. I know you guys are so excited. It's your reward. I'm going to shit all over it. I'm a Pisces. (laughs) Okay, bye guys. See ya.